Hear our reading from the Gospel, from Mark's Gospel, chapter 13, beginning with verse 24. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near. At the very gates... Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on his watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you I say to all, keep awake. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Today we're going to talk about waiting. Advent is a season of waiting. It's a season of waiting to see what God is going to do in the world. It's a season of waiting for Christmas. It's a season for recognizing that we as God's people sometimes have to wait. And Advent reminds us that there are three comings of Jesus. First of all, Jesus came after this long period of waiting. God says to Abraham, All of the families of the earth will be blessed in you. And so the Jewish people waited and waited and waited for the Messiah to come. Jesus came as the infant in Bethlehem. Jesus comes. He says, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And so regularly, even though there's just a handful of people here, uh, John and I together in Jesus' name, Jesus is here somehow mysteriously among us, and there are others that are uh, spottily gathered around filming, doing computer work and sound. Jesus comes wherever we are gathered in his name. Mm -hmm. And then Advent also reminds us that Jesus will come. And right now we're involved in this period of waiting when Jesus will come. 
In the Apostles' Creed, we talk about Him coming again to judge the quick and the dead. I had a man ask me one time, who in the world are the quick? Well, they are the living. Jesus will come again to judge the the living and the dead. So we recognize the past, the present, and the future of Jesus' coming. He came, He comes, and He will come again. But a lot of the time is spent waiting. We spend a lot of time waiting in traffic. I love my traffic apps which show me where there are traffic jams and route me around the traffic jams because when I see something like this, it makes my heart pound, it makes me a little angry, but I've learned over the years to have reading material in the car so that even if I do get stopped in uh, traffic and have to wait, everything will be okay. Waiting. We wait for quarantine to end. My quarantine ended uh, on Thursday of this past week. Thanksgiving, fortunately, ended in time for me to share Thanksgiving dinner with my family. Two weeks is a long time. Fourteen days is a long time. I was fine days one, two, and three. I slept a lot. I rested. Days four and following, um, I committed to being in a good mood and not a foul mood. However, uh, I did better at that some days than others. I suspect I did better at that than if I hadn't made that commitment to begin with. Uh, We're waiting for our churches to be full again. Mm -hmm. It's really odd for John and for me to be sitting here and Mm -hmm. looking out uh, at pews that are empty. Mm -hmm. We're, We're waiting. We wait for medical tests to come back. Anybody that's had a serious illness knows that there's this series of of doing something and then waiting. Doing something else and then waiting. We wait for God to speak. We pray and we ask God to meet our needs, to bless our lives, to bring something to pass. We pray and we pray and we pray and we wait for God to speak and to reveal himself. Mm -hmm. The Old Testament reading today uh, is about waiting. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down so that the mountains would quake at your presence as when a fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil to make your name known to your adversaries so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait for Him. Those who wait for Him. There's this stark recognition that In fact, a lot of life, much of life, is about waiting. Mm -hmm. We wait when we're young to turn 18 and to become an adult. We wait for several more years to pass, to become 21. I waited to become 25 because that's when your auto insurance goes down. It like plummets when you become 25. Now I'm getting things from AARP. I'm going to wait a little longer before joining, I must say. I'm not quite that age yet. 
We wait for retirement. There's a lot of waiting, and there's a lot of waiting in the Scriptures. We wait in the very beginning for God to bring order out of chaos at creation. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless and void, and God sets about creating order. We wait for this promise of Abraham to be fulfilled, that through his seed, kings will come, that through his seed, all the nations of the world will be blessed. We wait. The Hebrews waited, enslaved in Egypt, waiting to be freed. They waited when they were freed, wandering around in the Sinai for 40 years, waiting to enter the promised land. When they had entered the promised land and the Assyrians and the Babylonians took them and carried them off to far off lands, they waited, forcibly removed from Jerusalem, they waited to return. The Jewish people waited for the Messiah to appear. Waiting can be long. It can be difficult. We remember what God has done in the past. And we wait for God to do something new and to speak definitively into the world. And what we're waiting for is a, is a really big deal. Pay attention to the words that, that were in our gospel lesson today. In those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken and they will see the Son of Man coming in glory with great power and glory in the clouds. Now, this is not just New Testament language. Uh, This language is of the overturning of the present order of things. This is language that in the Old Testament essentially means that the glue that holds society and even creation itself together is coming apart. Let's look at Isaiah when he says something very serious, uh, very, very similar when serious things are happening, when he talks about the Babylonian empire falling. For the stars of the heavens and their constellations will not give their light. The sun will be dark at its rising and the moon will not shed its light. This is the language of everything that people know, of what people are expecting, of society and the world as we anticipate it will be. The glue holding everything together suddenly stretching apart and coming apart. This is the language of fundamental transformation and it reminds us that God moves in certain times and in ways that change everything. We wait for God to move. We wait for the coming of Christ. We wait for this advent that changes everything. And uh, I don't know if you're like me, uh, but in my life, there are absolutely circumstances and events and things going on uh, that I say that I am praying for God to move and to do something. And, And sometimes it feels like God is not working. But as Pastor Chris has been encouraging us, he he calls us to wait, 
to eagerly wait for him to come. Uh, There are circumstances in my life, but we can also uh, just look at the world around us, right? We think of how war devastates uh, societies and and cities and cultures. And though we uh, don't feel a lot of this at home in the U.S., uh, abroad and around the world, this is a very true thing. Uh, We can also think of how a disease ravages the world at at different points, and, and we can say, God, why can't you, why aren't you doing something to stop that? And we want to see God break in. Uh, we want to see God break in when substance abuse and neglect uh, breaks families and tears families apart. And, and that's, you know, some of, like, what we, what can we do to help that? As long as saying, God, God, why can't you, why don't you break in? Uh, We also see stunning inequality based on where a person is born and the color of a person's skin in this world right now. uh, We see uh, in 2020, murders are up in major American cities. Um, And and then we just think of, you know, we can just think of the, the coronavirus right now. A quarter million Americans have died since May because of this virus. Uh, And that's out of 1.5 million who have died worldwide. Um, Everything about how we shop, how we visit family, how we vacation, how children go to school, everything is upside down and different. And we say, God, please, we can pray, please break in and come and be upon us. And so we can pray this prayer And this is aching in our bones that's found all over Scripture. How long, O Lord, till you come back to make things right? How long must we wait? And so with that, we go to our Scripture today. That comes from Mark 13. We continue reading, and Jesus says, But about that day or hour no one knows, whether the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. So be aware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and, oh, that's not on the slide, so I'll get back to it, each with his work and commandments, uh, and commands the doorkeeper to be on watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly." And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. So as I was processing and praying through this scripture today, I was wondering this question. It's clear that the main point that that Jesus is trying to to teach us with this passage is, is to remain alert, keep awake, remain alert until I comes back. But but my question is, okay, but what does that look like for us? here on earth as we we are have our own lives and we awake his second coming what does that look like in our lives what does it mean to stay alert and so i came upon a few answers and the first answer is this and our formatting is not super great this morning we apologize for that but the first answer uh, to what does it mean to look to keep alert is is to see the picture big picture remember the big picture in our lives it's so easy to get caught up in our everyday life and the details of life and, and even the suffering of our lives and the monotony of it at times that we forget the big picture, that Jesus is king, that he holds history, 
and that he's coming back. And we are a part of his kingdom, bringing in his kingdom and his rule and his creation. And so what does it mean to be alert? It means, remember, keep the big picture in mind. Secondly, um, this is supposed to say, uh, there's no taking a break in Christianity. There's no time for us to say, okay, I don't have to be a Christian for a couple of days. You know, I'm, I'm tired of it. Keeping alert means there's not time for a break. I work with uh, college students, and, and I, not from the college students themselves, but I hear so often from other people, oh, college is just the time to relax and enjoy life and, you know, have fun. Well, well partially that's true, but at the other time, it's also still an important time in our, our life, in our formation as humans and adults, and we have to choose whether we will follow Jesus and, and God in that time or whether we're just going to take a break. I also think, uh, you know, it, it might creep into our mind, oh, um, it's okay for me to do this, you know, one thing. You know, God's going to forgive me anyways. You know, we always hear about grace and forgiveness. God's going to forgive us. But, but that's not the picture that Jesus gives us. He says it's not okay to do that, one, because we don't know when God is coming back. So do you want to be committing the sinful act when God come back? The answer is no, <laughs> not at all. And secondly, that idea doesn't bring into focus the idea of the corrupting power of our sin. And when we pretend like, oh, it's okay because God will just forgive me, we forget that sin has a corrupting power in our life. And every time we choose the wrong, it actually shapes who we are in a way that's very negative. So, so keep alert means there's no taking a break in the Christian life. And, set, and lastly, keep alert means that patience, patient perseverance wins the day. Um, the goal in the Christian life is to reach Christian maturity, union with God, and this takes a constant perseverance uh, towards holy love. And so, um, I wanted to read the verse from James, but uh, James says in his uh, letter to the people he's writing to, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face suffering and trials of many kinds. And uh, today, many of us are facing this, whether it's with the disease or other coronavirus or other trials. Uh, but he says, consider it pure joy when we face suffering and trials of all kinds, because it produces perseverance in our character which leads to maturity and, and Christian growth. And, and so if that is our goal, uh, then perseverance wins today. And so I'll just wrap up by we say this and we come to God and we can pray, your kingdom come. But we want to remember, keeping, keeping alert means remembering the big picture, not taking a break from Christianity, and that patient perseverance wins the day. I love C.S. Lewis as a writer. Um, C.S. Lewis talks about this ultimate advent that we are waiting for when Jesus comes into the world and accomplishes finally what it is that we pray for him to accomplish. Pain disappearing, sickness, death vanishing, the conquest of all that is evil and the maximizing of all that is good and, and wonderful. And C.S. Lewis says, be careful as you wait 
how you pray. Be careful as you wait in this Advent because be assured that God will invade. But I wonder whether people who ask God to interfere openly and directly in our world quite realize what it will be like when he does. When that happens, it's the end of the world. When the author walks onto the stage, the play is over. God is going to invade all right. But what is the good of saying you're on his side then when you see the whole natural universe melting away like a dream and something else, something it never encountered your head to conceive comes crashing in. Something so beautiful to some of us and so terrible to others that none of us will have any choice left. For this time, it will be God without disguise. Something so overwhelming that it will strike either irresistible love or irresistible horror into every creature. It will be too late then to choose your side. There's no use saying you choose to lie down when it's become impossible to stand up. That will not be the time for choosing. It will be the time when we discover which side we really have chosen whether we realized it before or not. Now, today, this moment is our chance to choose the right side. God is holding back to give us that chance. It will not last forever. We must take it or leave it. And so this Advent, we wait. We do pray. We pray for those we love to be healed. We pray for the world to be made into a more just place. We do what we can to make sure that um, our corners of the world are lived uh, by God's standards. But we recognize that ultimately there is this answer to prayer that comes only, only when God intervenes in this advent that we're waiting for when Jesus returns and sets all that is wrong right again, that makes all that is crooked straight again. We recognize that there is this advent we're waiting for when God is going to do his thing decisively. And that, as we wait, as we light the advent candle, as we gather for worship in our homes and in our churches, That's what we pray for. And we pray that until that time when our faith becomes sight, we pray that God would give us patience to wait, but also strength to do his will right where we are, in our families, in our workplaces, in our communities, because we don't wait idly. We wait slowly and steadily. We wait for the Lord to come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.